The Old Testament reading for this, the last Sunday of the church year, which serves as the text for our sermon this morning, comes from the prophet Isaiah, the 51st chapter. Give attention to me, my people, and give ear to me, my nation, for a law will go out from me, and I will set my justice for a light to the peoples. My righteousness draws near, my salvation has gone out, and my arms will judge the peoples. The coastlands hope for me, and for my arm they wait. Lift up your eyes to the heavens, and look at the earth beneath. For the heavens vanish like smoke, the earth will wear out like a garment, and they who dwell in it will die in like manner. But my salvation will be forever, and my righteousness will never be dismayed. This is the word of the Lord. These are the waters coming out of the great tribulation. Blessed are those whose strength is in you. The epistle reading comes from the letter of Jude, beginning at the 20th verse. But you, beloved, build yourselves up in your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. And have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. And the Holy Gospel comes to us according to St. Mark, the 13th chapter. Jesus said, In those days, after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly I say to you, This generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But concerning that day or that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, keep awake, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his servants in charge, each with his work and commands the doorkeeper to stay awake. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or when the cock crows, or in the morning, lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. And what I say to you, I say to all, stay awake. This is the gospel of our Lord. 
Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness and politicians and science and Google and my bank account and technology and my health and my insurance policy and my friends and my medications and my country and... You go ahead and add in your own thing. You know, it may not be as catchy of a tune, but it's more honest, isn't it? I mean, even as Christians, we say that our hope is in Jesus Christ alone, and yet we find ourselves shaken to the core whenever our worldly props take a hit. The harvest wasn't as good as we were expecting, and so we fret and wonder, whatever shall we do? Our favorite politician didn't get elected, and we assume that life as we know it is over. The news tells us how bad the economy is looking, and we panic and wonder why God would punish us like this. Why? Why do we get so distraught by these things? Well, because whether we admit it or not, we've put our hope in them. We've decided in our heart that those things are trustworthy, and that they're the things that will always be there for us, that they are going to support us in our time of need, that they will save us from all harm and danger. And so when they fail, when they turn out to be not as sturdy as we'd thought, our hope fades, and we worry that we're doomed. What then can we do? Well, we can hear the comforting words of our Lord, as he warns us about the end times. Comforting, you might say. How is the last day, the destruction of everything we know, the literal end of the world, how is that in any way comforting? Because God warns us that all worldly things will pass away. He warns us that all those things that we've put our faith in, all the things that we think are going to be there forever... They are not going to last. Earthly kingdoms and leaders, we think that they're always going to be there for us. That's where our salvation lies. That's where our peace and our comfort is. But it's not so. All throughout history, empires, nations, states have risen and then fallen once again. Powers that were in control for centuries, that seemed like they would never end, disappeared without a trace. Worldwide empires like Greece and Rome, dynasties like China and Egypt, world powers like the Soviet Union, all of them seemed eternal, and all of them faded away, were basically taken over by another empire, another system, another regime. But even that won't be the case at the end. In the end, there will be no new regime to take its place. All powers, all worldly governments, will simply come to an end. Kingdoms that seemed eternal, leaders who seemed to transcend time and be the hope of the world, all will be toppled and will come to nothing. When Jesus returns, all of that will be wiped away as if it never existed, and it won't matter any longer. 
The same is true with earthly wisdom and knowledge. Again, as we look back through history, we see how one theory that was accepted as fact was then replaced with another as more information became available. Phlogiston, spontaneous generation, the brontosaurus. All of these were things that everybody said, yes, this is the truth. And then something came along and said, no, not so much. But just like with nations and kingdoms, when Christ returns, it's not that there's going to be some new version of some scientific theory. All human wisdom will be brought to nothing. All of it will cease to matter one bit in the face of God's unquestionable truth. Those things that we just knew in our hearts, the things that we knew were always going to be the unquestionable truths of this world will cease to be. And in fact, even we ourselves will die. You know, we might feel invincible. We might think that death is for other people. But even with all of our medical advancements and our medicines, with all of our nutrients and supplements, even if you eat broccoli every day of your life, death will eventually overtake you. Because that's the fact. And when it does, it doesn't matter how nice you were or how rich you were, how big your 401k was or your stock portfolio, what kind of car you drove, what kind of impact you even had on the world. None of that will matter. Death will take us all, and all of our deeds will avail us nothing. Isaiah writes, inspired by God, Lift up your eyes to the heavens and look at the earth beneath, for the heavens vanish like smoke. The earth will wear out like a garment, and they who dwell in it will die in like manner. When Jesus comes again, everything comes to an end. Everything that we knew, everything that we had hoped for, everything that we trusted in, it all goes away. And so if your hope is in any of these things, in worldly powers and worldly wisdom, in yourself, your own deeds, well then no. The end times are not at all comforting because those things are gone. So don't put your hope in those things because in the end, they won't be there and they can't do anything for you. So now you feel comforted, right? Of course not. That's not the comfort of the end times. The comfort comes not in what won't be left, but in what our gracious God Freely gives to us. For the heavens vanish like smoke, the earth will wear out like a garment, and they who dwell in it will die in like manner. But my salvation will be forever, and my righteousness will never be dismayed. That's where our hope lies. That's what will never leave us. That's the only thing that lasts. Unlike everything else, God's righteousness and salvation, that will never pass away. God has created all things, and he alone stands outside of creation, unaffected by its final destruction. He who created all things with a word, he will likewise bring them to an end, because it is his to do with as he pleases. But when the creation ends, the creator is not destroyed. 
He is God, omnipotent, eternal, almighty, whose power and might transcends well beyond creation. His power holds all of our feeble creation in the palm of his hand. And though all creation is destroyed, God and his word remain. But it's not just his might that endures forever. As comforting of a thought as that is, that God will always be there for us, what good is it to have that power and might if it's not doing anything for us? More important than even his might and his eternity, his mercy endures forever. As Jesus speaks of the end times, as he warns of the dire and awful things that will be coming upon us, he lovingly assures his children, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. And what does his word say? Well, God's word tells us that God looks upon us sinners in mercy and compassion, even though we deserve only his eternal wrath. God's word describes how he sent his only begotten son into this broken, rebellious, sinful world to do what none of us could, to set us free from our sin, to redeem us, to bring us back as God's children. God's word says that he himself took our place beneath his own perfect righteous law, obeyed it perfectly to the letter, and then took all of our disobedience, all of our unrighteousness, all of our filth upon himself. God's word tells us the mind-boggling truth that Jesus became the embodiment of sin in order to die in your place, to lay down his perfect, holy life as the atoning sacrifice that could pay the penalty of all our iniquity and guilt, the only thing good enough to set us free from the slavery to sin, that he shed his innocent blood, gave himself over willingly to a brutal, agonizing, humiliating death so that we could be cleansed, that he was laid in a tomb, dead by the hands of those he came to save, dead by our hands, because of our sin. But God's word also tells us that even death could not hold him, and that when Jesus rose from the grave, he shattered the chains of death that bound him and all those who looked to him in faith, that when we look to his empty tomb, we see our empty tomb as well, and that in faith we will rise again to new life just as he did. And after he rose again and ascended into heaven, God's word assures us that he will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and that all those who trust in him as their Savior have nothing to fear on the last day. That we will stand before God's perfect, almighty judgment throne. And rather than have our sins laid before us, rather than be cast into the fires of hell that have been prepared for the devil and his angels, we will hear that we are innocent by the blood of Jesus Christ. That we have been clothed in his righteousness, his perfection. That our sin and guilt and iniquity has been removed from us as far as the east is from the west. And we have been given eternity. This is the word of God that we have graciously been given in our lives. 
This is the word of God that is at the center of everything we do in the church, at the center of our entire lives as Christians. The word of God that is for all people that we willingly proclaim to the world even when it doesn't want to hear it. That's the word of God that endures forever. And that's why we put our hope in nothing but God and his gospel promise of salvation. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away, says Jesus. We don't put our hope in any of the creation, but we put it in the creator. And because God's words of mercy never pass away, we who put our hope and faith in him alone we will never pass away either. When we lie down in the sleep of death, this body will rise again to new life, to eternal life, to perfect life in heaven. No more pain and sorrow, no more temptation or guilt, no more separation from our loved ones, no more death. Just the perfect, unending joy of being in God's holy presence forever singing his praises day and night, feasting at his banquet table, standing in his holy presence and seeing with our own eyes the Savior of the world. And since that's God's word and not ours, we have more than just a hope. It's a guarantee. We don't just hope that someday we're going to see heaven. We know it for a fact because of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the one who has promised this to us, and he has never once failed to keep his word. Jesus is the one who won this for us at his cross and his empty tomb, an objective, indisputable, historic point in time that we can point to and echo his words, it is finished. Jesus himself has done it all with his perfection and holiness. There's nothing left for us to do, nothing left for us to monkey up or fail at because he's already done it for us and he's far better than we are. And so we put our hope not in the world, not in ourselves, not in anything that won't last because all those things will come to an end. But we put our hope in Christ alone. For the heavens vanish like smoke, the earth will wear out like a garment, and they who dwell in it will die in like manner. But my salvation will be forever, and my righteousness will never be dismayed. God alone can save, and he has promised us that he has. He has set us free from sin, death, and the devil, and he has given us his eternal kingdom. He has redeemed you by his precious blood. He has bought you with his very life. He has given everything to snatch you from the fires of hell, to restore you as his beloved child, and to bring you perfect and holy and sinless into his eternal presence. As the end of this world draws near, things down here are going to get bad. The earthly blessings and institutions that we assumed would always be there for us, they will crumble and fall. Chaos and ruin will run amok as we reap the harvest of the sins that we've sowed. Christians will suffer, be ostracized, even die for their faith in Jesus Christ. But that Christian faith, that hope, no matter how bad things get, no matter how badly we are shaken, that and that alone 
will never let us down. Where is your hope? If it's in anything but Jesus, you will be sorely disappointed. But in Christ alone, we have not just hope in these end times, we have the absolute certainty of God's own word that assures us that we are his beloved children who will rise again to new life with him in heaven. Heaven and earth will pass away, but that saving word of God won't. It will be there for us through all the hard times. It will be there for us in the end. It will be there for us as we stand before his judgment throne, and it will proclaim us holy. Not by anything that we've done, but by what he has already done for us. For by the cross of Jesus Christ alone, by his empty tomb alone, you are forgiven of every one of your sins, and eternal life in heaven is yours. To God alone be all glory, now and forever. Amen.